2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July fifth, two thousand nineteen. Well, we have to get back to work now after the Fourth of July holiday. I'm Steve Peasling, and I thank you for joining me. And I hope you will call because you drive the show with your questions. Anything, any investing or financial questions are welcome. And I hope you do make that call. We're all here to help each other. And of course, our goal is always the same: financial freedom for everybody, including myself, you, and anybody who listens and wants some more information, wants to learn how the market works, how the economy works. You know how to find stocks, how to know when to buy, when to sell. It's not easy. Uh, it's it's a lifelong task. By the way, it's it's all, you're always learning because it's never the same. I mean, the last recession is not going to be anything like the next recession. It's not. They just don't, they're not the same. Now, they have the same kind of patterns, but the the causes, the depth, you know, the, the way it happens, they're usually different. So, we'll be talking about that today. So, uh, of course, I want you to call, and you drive the show in the direction that you want. You call our listener line number. It's open right now. It's live. We're always live, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, and the number is 888-99-CHART. Now, my main talking point today concerns this particular story. One economist is warning that declining home sales are consistent with the possibility of a late 2019 or early 2020 recession. Now, could he be right? So we're going to look at that reasoning. Now, I, I don't know if you remember, but if you want, you can go back and listen to the shows. Uh, way back a year plus ago, I was talking about probably late 2019, early 2020, maybe sometimes in 2020, we'll, be, we'll have the next recession. That's the most likely timing. And this, this guy who did this research on housing uh, has some justification in some of the numbers he's talking about. So we'll, we're going to we're going to we're going to think about that and go over some of the data. Anyways, I have some interesting things to talk about today. And since it's Friday, I will share highlight, highlights from the newsletter, the KPP Premium Newsletter, goes out every Friday. And how did the market do today? What did it do? Well, it was down. It wasn't as down as deep as it was. I think because the jobs report was, it's kind of a mixed blessing. The jobs report was pretty strong. But the Dow was down 44, the Nasdaq down 8, and the S&P down 5. And that wasn't nearly as deep as it was during the day. So we'll talk about that. So it's really kind of complex reasoning as to why the market fell and then came back. And the job report is so good. And why wouldn't the market go up from that? Now, well, as I said, it's a complex reasoning. But let's go ahead and start with a call from John, who's in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Good,
1: Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. Uh, I'm. This is a stock I know you own in some of your accounts, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Franco Nevada. And I really like the company, uh, but it seems very expensive to me, and I wonder if. You would advise, I mean, what level you would advise buying shares at?
2: Well, I would love to see, if you're going to buy it, I would love to see it get down to the high 70s or mid-70s. Um, it has yeah. a really strong support right at low 70s, 70, 70, 71. But I think you might get a bounce down to about 78. from. And right now it's 83.66. 83.66 down to, you might get that bounce down there. Uh, because it's done well. That's why. Uh, Canadian Gold Company, Franco Nevada Corporation, FNV is in Victor. Canadian Gold Company focused were uh, focus royalty and stream company with over three hundred and seventy royalty and stream property interests. So it's you know, it it makes money on the gold, the streaming of the gold have flowing in out of these mines. Um, <clears throat> its sales were falling. I don't want to say sales are falling. Sales weren't really falling. Prices of gold uh, just recently took off, I mean, this year. So you look, at the, you look at the previous year and you see that, you know, Franco Nevada wasn't doing the greatest, but now with gold prices rising, it's done quite well. I mean, it went from $60 a share to 83 So it's doing, you know, and gold is doing quite well. That's where I would be a buyer if I wanted to get into it right now. I I wouldn't buy it here because it looks like it might be rolling down a little bit from here. Wouldn't be surprising. You know know how stocks go up and down. John, that's what I would do. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have already completed the first half of the year. Already. The markets have certainly shown a lot of volatility, haven't they? But you can prepare for this by balancing your portfolio properly. So, you know, you can do it yourself. You could, you know, if you listen to the show, you've heard me talk about we're going to have a lot of volatility this year. Now, your calls and inquiries always come first and always welcome. So give me a call. Uh, KPP Financial, my my firm is in Irvine, California. And you do know I'll be in San Jose. I'm returning to San Jose on July 31st. And you can register to visit with me on investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live 888-99 chart. The
0: 4th of July holiday has come and gone. Hopefully you enjoyed some downtime. But if your goal is financial freedom, you need to stay focused. So Steve Peasley is here now to offer you his investment experience and unbiased guidance. Step up with your invest talk questions.
2: 888 99 chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. 992 4278. Now, for June, we had the jobs report out this morning and uh, the monthly jobs report, the official monthly jobs report. Remember, earlier in the week, we get the ADP and they always report a few days before the official number comes. The official job report came in at 224,000 jobs, and that was a lot more than expected. They expect 170,000, and I noted that last month they reduced the number of jobs from 75,000 to 72,000, and if you remember, that was a very disappointing report. They thought there'd be a lot more, so you had a little rebound in the jobs report today. So uh, more people are coming into the job force, so the unemployment rate actually went up. To even though that many jobs were produced. It went up just one tick, 3.7% from 36 This morning in a TV interview, Larry Kudlow, one of President Trump's economic advisors, said, we're in a strong prosperity cycle. That's a quote. We are in a strong prosperity cycle. Now, Kudlow also said he was confident the Fed would get, quote, to the right place on interest rates. And, of course, you know, being president's the President's Economic Advisors, they expect the interest rates to come down. They've been talking it down or saying it should have been down. And you, you know my opinion, and I've talked about it too. So that means if they feel interest rates come down, and most likely the Fed will drop the rate in July. Okay, the and it'll probably drop it at least one more time this year, maybe twice more this time, three times. Um, do, you, do you know in historical terms that the Fed, when they change direction, going up or down, that they've never done less than four moves, so four times up or four times down when they change direction in a row, and so they haven't even done it once yet, going down, that's historically Unemployment rate ticked up, as I said, from 3.6 to 3.7. Wage growth for the year is now at 3.1%. That's decent. And, of course, you know, always talk about oil. And it was flat at $57 a barrel. Gasoline at $2.75 on average, but, of course, not in California. It's more like 4 bucks here. <sighs> Gold reached a six-year high, but it came down today. Down to thirteen ninety three. Got over fourteen dollars, fourteen hundred dollars yesterday. Thirteen ninety three today. So it came down. And Bitcoin. I only bring it up because I know people like to know what's going on with Bitcoin. It was at eleven thousand one hundred seventy one dollars. Something I would not advise anybody to get into. If you wanted to, you know, I'm telling you the market's volatile, but nothing like Bitcoin. Nothing like the volatility of Bitcoin. And did you know that? Amazon has a birthday. The comp- company turned 25 years old today, and it took a while, but by 2018, Amazon profits have reached 2.1 billion dollars. Its investment and in diversification has paid off, with no one enjoying the success more than CEO Jeff Bezos. You know why? According to Forbes, he's the richest man in the world. His net worth, $159 billion, $159 billion. Now, when they say tax the rich, well, he's the ultra rich. But remember, that money is in his company. He doesn't have $59 billion in cash. So if they wanted to tax him 50% of his wealth, he'd have to sell all his stock. And then that stock would crash. He had to sell half his stock to get paid the tax. The stock would crash, and he wouldn't be worth only a few billion dollars. <laughs> so you know, don't listen to the hype about oh, we need to tax the rich. <laughs> you need to tax. You got, if you're going to tax wealth, you're going to have a wealth tax. You got to figure out how to do it without ruining the wealth production. And of course, they never talk about that. By the way, Bill Gates is uh, is only worth fifty billion. He's poverty stricken, right? And he's the second wealthiest. $159 billion to $50 billion. Now, according to website, Scraphero.com, as of April 2019, Amazon.com, you'll find this interesting, has a total, Amazon has a total of 119,928,851 products for sale. 119 million. Almost 120 million products for sale. The largest category is books at 42, 44 million Electronics at second at ten million products, and then home and kitchen at oh, six and a half million products. Then digital music at six million products. <laughs> Amazon is trading nineteen dollars and twenty-six cents per share. And do you think that's cheap? It's not. It's selling at a forward P of about fifty. That's pretty expensive. Pretty expensive. Do they deserve it? Well, they're still growing close to 20%. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Let's go to James of Sonoma. How are you doing, James? Well, I'm doing
1: pretty
0: good, Steve. I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, WRK. It's a packaging company. I own one already, and uh, it was on one of the TV stations earlier today. I didn't hear all of it, but I read a little bit about it. It's one of these companies that make, uh, everybody's getting rid of plastic straws, plastic cups, they make paper straws, they make paper cups, and they've got a good dividend and the dividend seems to be safe. They have declining sales, though, and they seem to have a little bit of extra debt. I was wondering what you thought of the idea of buying a company like that and then what you think of this particular company.
2: Well, looking at the numbers as you were talking, the numbers are pretty decent. The earnings are are declining a little bit. They made four dollars and nine cents in two thousand and eighteen. They're going to make three ninety six this year and three ninety three next year, all because the economy is softening. Okay, but their sales are still holding up pretty well. They're actually scheduled to go up. You know, um, and this is a. By the way, this is WRK Westrock Company. Everybody, WRK Westrock Company manufactures corrugated consumer packaging for the healthcare, personal care, food, beverage, and other industries. It's a 9.7 billion dollar company paying 4.8 percent. You could buy it here and just just because of the dividend, because this company is not going to go away, right? It's not. It's not going to go away. has a pretty good $9 cash flow. Dividend is covered pretty easily. It's a $38 stock. And I think it's right near the bottom. Even if we go into recession, it may have already priced in the recession price here. That's possible. I mean, we're looking at a forward P.E. of like a little bit above 9. And the five-year range is 8 to 28. So I mean, could it get crashed yet? But if it crashed more and there was nothing else different, I would buy more. Because it doesn't have a lot of debt. Yeah, it's a good solid company. It really is a good James, it's a good solid company. You're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we represent and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, live, four to five o'clock Pacific time. Would love to talk to you. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99 chart.
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call
2: 888-99-CHART. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed this morning to subscribers. I do it every Friday morning, and it was packed with, it usually as I think it's packed with a lot of helpful information. You, know, you can read newsletters that go on and on and on, drone on and on with information, good information, but is it useful? Uh, you know, I try real hard to make the information I put in there useful, and that's what we do. The first section, as you know, is um, the market condition section. There and I mentioned the economic numbers out this week and that they were decent and and but everyone was waiting for this morning's job report, which is much better than expected. And we talked about how much how many of those jobs, seventy five thousand jobs last year reduced to seventy last month reduced to seventy two, but the when I say last month I mean the last month that reported was May and then the June report we just got was two hundred and twenty four thousand. And that was kind of a surprise. Now, mind you, that's not necessarily positive for the market. Now, can you figure out why that's not positive? Why isn't that positive? Because the Federal Reserve is meeting in late July. If the jobs report is really strong, the economy is perfectly fine. Why would they rate, lower rate interest rates to spark the economy? See, that's the thinking. That, oh, maybe this is a sign that they may not raise a little bit of doubt, that they may not lower interest rates, not raise lower, to spur the economy, because they don't need to spur the economy. Because the jobs report was very strong when it was very weak last month, the May month. Also, I mentioned the bond market is flashing kind of a red, red red flag out there. Uh, because of the closeness of the inverted yield curve, the 10-year treasury versus the two-year treasury. I mean, they're really, really close. And every time they have ever inverted, we were entering or already in a recession in history. Every time they got inverted. So there's lots and lots and lots of signs out there that maybe we're headed toward a recession. I will be honest. I think the recession, if we get it, it's going to be light and fairly shallow. Not very deep. Not very long. Of course, the last time I said that about the last recession, I was totally wrong. <laughs> but I don't see anything like the financial disaster happening like it did last time. Don't see that. Anyways, um, let's see. What else did we talk about? Oh, portfolio management section. I talked about ETS versus mutual funds and why maybe they'd be a better choice because uh, they're much cheaper on average, than mutual funds. So, so I think that's kind of an obvious thing. Okay. Um, and the stock ideas, I gave two big companies that we happen to own on our, some of our managed accounts that we kind of like. Um, uh, leader manufacturer of cereal, cookies, crackers, and other packaged foods. Why do we like those? Because they're not cyclical kind of companies. Cyclical companies. They, they do fine through recessions, usually. This one pays 4% dividend with a Ford P.E. of 13. So, then I mentioned a a uh, women's intimate personal care beauty retailer operator that also has a 4.5% dividend, 11 P.E. So, those are the two stocks we put in there. Consumer Watch. Talk about mortgage rates. Mortgage rates. You know, um, that's one of my talking points today. 30-year mortgage is down to um, uh, across the country as low as 3.75%. They're at 418 on, uh, uh, at down from 4.54% uh, from 2018. But you could get them as low as 375 now some places. So I thought that was interesting to share. And you know, finding the best rate you can out there is is not difficult. You can start by going to the website bankrate.com, bankrate.com, and shop for mortgage rates. Okay, so you know, there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP and PME newsletter each week. You can subscribe. You know, you can subscribe to it. Cl- clients get it for free, but if you are if you want to subscribe to it, you get it every week. You can sign up. Go to investot.com and sign up. And uh, you know you can you can take it for a month or a year whatever you want cancel anytime you want okay and it comes every Friday directly to your e- inbox or in your email email inbox okay Samsung has issued a profit warning over concerns about trade tariffs Samsung is the largest smartphone maker in the world by unit volume but seventy five percent of their operating profit revenues comes from selling microchips and they are signaling a profit warning 21 companies reported earnings so far of the S&P 500 did you know that 21 companies did you hear what they what the earnings were i will i will get to that i promise okay on monday invest businesses are struggling with a new labor problem fewer teens have time for summer jobs and that story is going to be on monday i i know that for a fact with my relatives Kids don't have time for jobs. They're so busy doing so many other things, mostly school activities that they want to do, that they, it's really a parental problem. They don't want them to work. So we'll see. And how many smartphones did Samsung sell in the first quarter of 2019? Do you know? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Does anybody
1: successfully time the market? Why do people keep trying? Or what's your question? Why not ask it now on Invest Talk?
0: The time is now, and if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity. InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP financial principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market, follow along with charts and data points, understand technical and fundamental analysis, develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. This is InvestTalk the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now.
2: Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Before we broke uh, at a half hour, I asked a question: How many smartphones did Samsung sell in the first quarter of two thousand nineteen? Remember, this is a quarter. In the first quarter of two thousand nineteen, Samsung smartphones shipped around seventy-two million units. Now you may, you, you and you may be wondering about apple right of course you know that's the big competitor now remember samsung is selling you know phones to a variety of uh uh, of use um telephone providers just like apple and apple doesn't share iphone unit sales any longer but in the fourth quarter 2018 remember 2019 first quarter was $72 million at some time. But the fourth quarter of 2018, which last quarter iPhone broke out the sales, uh, their worldwide sales were estimated at 64.5 million units. Okay, and that's about a 15.8% market share. So they're not in danger of being dominant in their sale of their phones. They're not. Therefore, there's no monopolistic practices there. The problems they've had—they've had more problems with their apps and how they're made, and they've been accused of unfair pricing there. So Samsung has about seventeen percent. So they're not, even though they're selling seventy-two million, they still don't—they don't dominate either. So let's take a question from our anytime listener line. This came in earlier at eighty eight ninety nine chart.
1: Hi, Steve. My name is Rob, and I live in Oviedo, Florida. And I just got
0: a question. New to investing and I'm just starting out. And I just wanted to get um, your thoughts on opening up an IRA Roth and about ETFs for starting out. Thank you and have a good day.
2: Yeah, ETFs are good. That's a good way to start. Um, Because you can buy any index using an ETF and they're much cheaper normally than a mutual fund. Easier to get in and out of because they trade like stocks. So, yeah, I think you should use ETFs when you're first starting out and until you get enough money and enough knowledge to know how to buy individual stocks for individual stocks i you know three to five percent of your portfolio for each stock so you can have at least around 20 to 30 stocks well you have to have a certain amount of money for that i mean you can't buy one share of stock pay five dollars to trade you know it's a twenty dollar stock so you paid 25 percent you're going to make 25% before you break even. See, so you have to have a certain amount of money so that trading costs, if you have it in, most people do, it's just a tiny fraction, not a huge fraction of what you're buying and selling. So, uh, yeah, use ETFs. That's a good way to start. Okay? My main talking point today concerns the story one economist is warning that declining home sales are consistent with the possibility of a late 2019 or early 2020 recession. Well, could he be right? So, decline home sales are consistent with the possibility of the recession. Now, this is a St. Louis federal economist, William Emmons, who said this. not some schmo. He works for the St. Louis uh, um, uh, Fed. Uh, he What he did is he overlays home sales over 12 to 36-month periods to look at trends that have held up during the previous three recessions. And Emmons said a recession, if it hits, would be much less severe than during the Great Recession of 2008. So what he's looking at is the peak of the housing. And he felt like um, the peak came in late 2018. And he's, he's estimating that oh, anywhere from 12 to 20 months after that is when, historically, we've been in recession. So I'm not giving you all the formula he has here because it's too complex. But that's, what, that's how he's divining uh, that we're going to possibly go in a recession late this year or early next year. Because he's looking at, well, when do the housing market peak? Now, there you could argue about peaking the housing market. Okay, you can argue that. It depends on how you define the peak. But it's 12 to 36 months prior. Okay, that's what it is. But on average, more like 15 or so. Not toward the 36. It's more short, the shorter end. And he's thinking it's going to be on the shorter end this time. Because he sees no other... Uh, bubble or unusual situation in the economy that would make it longer. Now I also use I, you know, I don't use this even though I know keep track I do keep track of the housing market but I like the the uh, in, uh, inverted curve in the bond market. the bond market itself, whether it's going doing well or poorly and there's a change in direction, the bond market usually leads to the stock market down and up and then if you have you don't have to necessarily have the inverted curve to determine that you know what session might be coming because i talked about this last year when uh for months the 10 year and the two year were getting closer the spread was pretty far then but all of a sudden they turned and now they were starting to close you know close the gap and it's done nothing but closer and closer and it's really close now with the 10 year paying less than 2% and the two year paying close to 2%. <laughs> so, yeah, they're real close. I gave you the numbers earlier this week. I don't you know, give it every day. Okay, let's take another question from our, uh, do we have the, No, nope, that was not. My main talking point, of course, we just discussed that. And I'm Steve Pizza, and you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. So, I think it's safe to assume that you are serious about investing, or you wouldn't be listening to this show. You want to grow your wealth just like everybody else. Everybody wants to grow it. Well, depending on your life cycle, where are you in your own personal life cycle? Are you 80 years old or you are 20? Depends on how aggressive you want to be, right? I mean, or maybe you're just not an aggressive person, or maybe you are a very aggressive person, so it wouldn't matter how old you are. So, you, you, you know, that, that's why we had that fear gauge out there that you can take free online. Risk we call it Risk lies. is a risk questionnaire. You can check it out on Investopod.com. It's pretty quickly done. It's only a few questions, and it calibrates instantly your personal risk tolerance with a score from zero to one hundred. With a score, and as score, you know, if your score comes in at fifty, that means you're not you're, you're kind of adverse to risk. If it comes in at 80, you are pretty. You like the risk of the stock market. If it comes in at 90, you want to take more risk than the stock market. You want to have used leverage. You want to do something different. Of course, more risk, more possibility upside, more possibility downside. That's what it does. And score your personal risk tolerance and your portfolio, if you give it to me to put it in the system. Okay. Risk, that's Riskalyze. Go to InvestTalk.com. But now I'm ready to make, take your questions. 888 99 Chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and Invest Talk host, Steve Peasley, is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California on July 31st to conduct his no cost. Wealth Building Portfolio Review Consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hello, this is Harry from the Bay Area. I would like to know your opinion regarding Starbucks, ticker SBUX. Should I invest or it's overpriced? Thank you so much.
2: Well, over its history, Starbucks has been overpriced for a long time. So, are they overpriced? It's an $87 stock, and everybody knows who Starbucks is. They have 29,324 coffee shops worldwide, 17,454 of them in the United States. Okay, and they offer food, too, and beans, and coffee beans, and stuff. Anyways, they're going to make $2.78 this year, and that's 15% more than last year, and then $3.09 next year, and that's 11% more than this year. So they pay a small dividend, 1.6%. They're growing their business. Their growth has slowed down. They're growing their business at the mid to high single digits, 5 to 10%. Okay? Sales. That's how they're growing. So they're, they're, what's the P.E.? They're going to make $3.09. in an $87 stock. Does everybody know how to figure out a P.E.? Take the stock price, $87.79, and divide it by next year's earning estimate, $3.09. And you get a forward P.E. of 28.4. That's the P.E., 28.4, 28. 28. Backward or current P.E. is 34. Uh, Five-year average is 20 to 39. So it's not cheap. Uh, it's not as expensive as it used to be, but it's still not cheap. Now, should you buy it at this level? I mean, I wouldn't. I, 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 why? Because their sales are slowing down. Some of these big companies have been so successful, and everybody talks about them. Everybody loves them, and you know, everybody loves Starbucks. They've done so successful, but I, I just don't. I just don't want think you know that you it's going to continue to be go straight up for instance starbucks a year ago was selling for 50 bucks or below 50 bucks and now it's at 87 i mean that what 80 return a year you think you're gonna go to 80 percent next year don't think so um so i would wait for a pullback you're chasing the performance it's just done so well you're chasing it um it was at a 52 week high yesterday and closed at the same price today so it's at a 52 week high and it's done very, very well. I would not chase Starbucks. S-B-U-X is the symbol, everybody. Great company, though. I'm not, I'm not trying to buy mouth the company. They have lots of debt no one pays attention to. I pay attention to those things. Um, management owns 4%. Mutual funds own 34%. Banks own 2% of the stock. So I just think it's too expensive. I wouldn't chase it. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, um, the United Nations, every two years, projects worldwide population trends. Did you know that? Every two years, the United Nations comes out. You're going to find this extremely interesting because I did. So they, their most recent projections found that Asia, Europe, and the America's population is stabilizing. They estimate 6.4 billion people in the world right now to go to 6.5 billion by 2,100. Remember, it's only 2019 now. I mean, that's 80 years. So what they're saying is, we're not population is not exploding like it used to. Now, notice they left out Africa. Africa is where the population is probably growing very fast. But they say in Asia, Europe, and the Americas, which is North United States and South America, they're all Central America, South America, they're all we're all stabilizing. In other words, population growth is not exploding anymore. That's very different than 20, 30 years ago. And what does that say about all food production and pollution? Does that mean that's all going to stabilize finally? Because, you know, everybody you know, worries about global warming and all those things. Okay. Okay, I understand that. And pollution. I understand. But the main cause of that is because we have lots of people. Tons of people. Less people would have a lot less problems. We still have problems, but be less. I thought that was interesting, didn't you think? The, you know, the United Nations thinking that or coming up with that. We'll see if it's true. I won't be around, but maybe you will <laughs> anyways um i got some good news about facebook you know because the reason why i say good news is because they've been having such bad news for quite some time so yeah you know, good news now of course you know you can buy almost anything at amazon right but here's an example of a, of a product you may have not have foreseen, may not have foreseen. Amazon is selling a variety of do-it-yourself, D-Y-I-Y, do-it-yourself, build home-building kits, kits. Okay, do-it-yourself, home-building kits. Granted, they are large, but teeny houses are increasing in popularity. You know, those kits are not that many. And this comes at a time when we are seeing rising high housing prices, greater acceptance of the notion of minimalistic downsizing. So you can buy one of these teeny houses. Have you seen those on TV? Building a teeny house and downsize? There are more than two dozen options at Amazon for these do-it-yourself teeny home kits. Inclusion 113 Foot cabins at 5350 and loft bedroom houses at $20,000. So, you know, there's a good variety there. One teeny house, a two-story getaway cabin for 18800 is advertised as taking only two to three days to build. That means it'll take me two to three months. That's what it mean to me. Two to three days for someone who knows what they're doing, but not for the average guy, I bet you. Bet you not. This is a Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues right after this break, so get your questions in now. Run out of time. 888 99 Chart.
1: Good advice spread your money around stick to a well-thought- out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio want to talk about it 88899 chart is how to get through right now
0: on the next invest talk businesses are struggling with a new labor problem. Fewer teens have time for summer jobs. That story, Monday. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. It's Carlos from L.A. I have a question about NIO Neal. Seems to be a little beat up here, a little oversold. And I was wondering if you
1: guys think it's a great buy, at each
2: level, or if it's a bull trap, I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, Neo Inc., uh, Class A shares, uh, a Chinese company manufacturing and sells electronic vehicles and parts, as well as provides battery charging services. A $3.3 billion company. It's new. It's fairly new. It came new on our market in 2018 like in September, October area. They don't make money, have never made money, not going to make money this year or next year. So, therefore, I would not suggest you buy it. Selling for $3.26. Um, their sales are $242 million in the most recent quarter. The quarter before that was $500 million. The quarter before it was $213 million. Uh, now, there's nothing here that I see that tells me you should be a buyer of this stock. Um... Remember, I only get a quick look at it, but I don't like buying stocks that don't make money. It's one of my things. Uh, if it doesn't make money, why am I? Why do I want to be owner? Well, you want to be owner because the sales are skyrocketing. Well, their sales have went from six point nine million the first quarter they went IPO last year June quarter, September to two hundred thirteen million, to December five hundred million, but then now in March of this the first quarter of this year is back down to two hundred forty two million. That doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy. Now has a bottom. Very well, could have at three dollars and twenty-six cents today, because it was at you know two fifty or so, you know, just recently. Could it? Could it go up to ten dollars back to where it was? Of course, it could. But I still don't like buying stocks. that don't make money. It's just not the thing I do. Okay. Facebook, got some good news for Facebook users and investors, since we've had lots of bad news over recent history. A study refutes other studies saying that Facebook social media leads to isolation and depression. That's what all those other studies used to say, or still do say, they still say it today. This new study, uh, and it's an extended study, says that the Social media, Facebook, bring families together. 63% more likely to avoid serious psychological distress because of that. Because of the distance, you know, it you brings your families together and loved ones together. So they're saying, you know, these studies, other studies only focus on one aspect of, of the whole Facebook phenomenon, social media phenomena, And so they're saying, not necessarily... Now, who's right? I don't know. I wish I didn't know, but I don't. Do you? I don't think anybody knows. But I thought that was, you know, at least some counter counter, counter information again, you know, for Facebook and other social media outlets versus all the negative stereotypes you get because it makes you, you know, uh, it makes you depressed and isolates you. Well, I think that you could say that with video games, couldn't you? I mean, you sit there and do video games all day long. But then on the other hand, you also do video games with other people now. So aren't you socializing that way? See, it's, uh, there's always good and bad. I remember remember when, me, when we were young and we're talking about the baby boomer generation, that we were watching way too much TV and we're going to become mush heads. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> Google-owned Waymo has been giving permission to use its autonomous self-driving cars with passengers in California. But there are some catches. The issued, they, the issued permit uh, permit allows Waymo to transport riders, but Waymo cannot charge them. And an operator has to be behind the wheel, even though it's a self-driving car. Now, this could eventually open the door for Waymo offering an autonomous taxi service, right? It could, similar to the one that operates in Phoenix in Arizona, the area. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Interesting where that goes. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Uh, thank you for your loyal support and all your questions. And the weekend has arrived, everybody. Justin will be here on Monday, and I'll be back Tuesday. Good night, everybody.